Thanks, everybody, for joining us for Peak Behavioral Health's second podcast in April of 2021. For those of you out there who are not aware of this, April is actually National Child Abuse Awareness Month as well as Stress Awareness Month. So just kind of keep that in mind. For today's podcast, we are going to be discussing the return to normalcy. After everything that's been going on in the year of 2020 and all the chaos and the constant daily changing of everything, that's really what we're going to focus on today. So my name is Kristen Drake, and I am the Director of Business Development Extraordinaire, (laughs) just kidding, with Peak (laughs) Behavioral Health Services located in Santa Teresa, New Mexico. And my visitor today is the lovely Jeanette Espinosa who is a licensed professional counselor. She is also the director of Our ACT, or Assertive Community Treatment Program, as well as the Adolescent PHP Services Program Manager. Jeanette and I were kind of joking a little earlier because I so dislike the word normalcy so much to the point where it's it's probably the equivalent to some people of like nails scratching on the chalkboard <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a super nerd. Those of you guys who do not know me, um, just full disclosure, I'm a nerd. I love to research stuff. And prior to 1920, normalcy was not a recognized word. I'm going to give you the background. So normalcy is really not a proper word. So it's this the title of this really is the return to normalcy. Wait. Normality. Wait. What is normal anyway, Jeanette? Right? We don't know. We don't. We don't know. And if we had to base it off of my standards of normal, we may all be <laughs> We would have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, we would. Everybody's normal, right? And we are. So it's it's very subjective. But anyway, so going back to the history of the word normalcy, and it really does have a significance here. Um, you know, I think coming to the end of the COVID pandemic that we're currently experiencing back in 1918, the Spanish flu of 1918 infected an estimated 500 million people worldwide. This is huge. And Kind of fast forwarding to today, back then they didn't have the advancements in medicine that we have today. Right. Um, The type of masks even that we have today. They were required to wear a mask. I mean, it's interesting to see the, um, the similarities in the precautions that they took back in 1918 and 1919 compared to what we've done. They closed the schools. They closed the theaters. Um, you know, restaurants and they did the social distancing is very interesting. So even then they knew that this is what we need to do to protect ourselves. And did you know? So back in 1918 and 1919, if you were not wearing a mask in public, you would get fined five dollars. That's so much. I think money. That's what a Snickers cost right now. <laughs> Probably, probably. But so the equivalent in today's monies, $5 then is the equivalent of uh, to $89.07 today. Wow. So basically that's like getting a $100 ticket for not Mm -hmm. wearing your mask in public. I mean, this was serious business. So um, in Warren G. Harding's presidential campaign speech in 1920, 
They were coming out of the Spanish flu pandemic, and in his speech, he talked about returning to a state of normalcy. And he really got chastised um, by people who are familiar with the English language and (laughs) knew that normalcy was not a, a that normalcy was not an approved word, I guess, by Merriam-Webster. And so because Americans started using the term normalcy so much, they actually put it in the dictionary. But the more formal version of normal or normalcy is actually normality. So returning to a state of normality. <laughs> now, just to kind of give you a little bit, a bit of background, once the pandemic hit, and I'm very much an introverted person, um, I always have been. My work personality is very extroverted. You have to be in business development, marketing, sales, advertising. But my home life, I'm very introverted. Um, working in the healthcare field, we really never came out of the work environment through the pandemic. I mean, obviously, we had to take the the necessary safety precautions while we were out in the right. community or even working in the hospital. But it the the biggest difference for me was, okay, well, I have to wear this mask now. You know, and make sure that I'm maintaining my distance um, from other people. But, but really, that's it for me. But, Jeanette, I understand that you had a very different experience through the pandemic. So kind of walk us through that a little bit. I sure will. And let me just kind of put out there, nowhere did I see the nerd bubble. Oh, huge nerd. Yeah, but I really appreciate that. <laughs> I had no idea about this pandemic that they had in the Spanish flu until you educated me about it. Mm-hmm. Just when you provided the education of the word nor- normalcy. Normality, guys. <laughs> normalcy. I'm gonna, I love it now and I use it a lot, um, but I usually text it a lot. But that was amazing when you were able to provide that history and for somebody just parting at this point to be able to create this word to the point where they had to add it to the dictionary, hey, hands down to that. I want to create a word. I know. We should. We should create a word together. I love it. Add it to the dictionary. (laughs) Next podcast, guys. There you go. Next podcast. (laughs) But yes, let me kind of... um, walk you through my experience. Um, And I know that we were discussing about this um, a little bit earlier, but my experience actually started the pandemic working in person and then having to work literally from one day to the next, all of a sudden it became telehealth. All of a sudden I became very familiar with Zoom, having to do the videos, having to connect with children. At that point I was working with children and adolescents. So how does a therapist get to the point where they connect with a five-year-old through Zoom? (laughs) And their attention span. I know, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. Um, but just knowing how to get creative with it. You know, we knowing that they did have a room They had the toys there, you know, so how can I make this connection with this other individual that is miles and miles away from me? And the only way that we can connect is through technology. I really don't know how they did it back in 1920. Mm -hmm. I mean, that connection, you know, the relationships, the communication with everybody Mm -hmm. is just you really probably felt isolated, alone, Mm -hmm. lonely, um, And now we were able to connect through Zoom. We were able to connect through Facebook. We were able to do so many of those group meetings where it kept us connected. Love group Zoom meetings, by the way. (laughs) Not being facetious. (laughs) They get fun, right? I mean, going from a work 
environment of doing Zoom to going into personal, and that was the only way that you could talk to your family, even at that point. You know, how many times were you not able just to connect even with your grandparents or showing your grandparents how to use Zoom? Oh. That was fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. FaceTime. They're very familiar <laughs> with FaceTime now. Um, but, you know, having to do that, having to adjust to remote learning, our kiddos, you know, transitioning, literally, I mean, same thing for them, same scenario from one day to the next, going to remote learning. What is remote learning? Um, I know in the beginning it was very, you know, the kids were out of school, um, and I know they were very happy because they didn't have to take their tech, their uh, state assessment, you know. Um, so that was really happy in the beginning, and that brought a lot of emotions of joy and the kids not having to go to school, you know, spring break being extended. If you remember, it's been a year. This occurred in March, so it was during spring break time. So spring break went from one to two weeks off to all of a sudden they had a whole month off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yay, you know, a exactly. little jealous at that point. Um, but, you know, having to transition into that and not only that, but getting creative with family activities. What more can you say on that? I mean, we literally had to learn how to go back to board games, how to go back to charades and learning how to play that, or even just, you know, going outside and enjoying activities as a family. Um, I remember for us, you know, our family usually takes a yearly <laughs> Not so much of an outdoor person, but I allow one outdoor activity per allow. year where, <laughs> where I get to attend. Mom gets to be there. <laughs> where they um, get to go. <laughs> yes. Um, so we actually had to transition that. And it was really fun. We did uh, in the backyard. We built our tent and we did had our fire pit. And, you know, it was fun. We brought all the... Um, Everything to sleep outside under the stars. I mean, it was great. But just getting to that creativity was huge. Mm -hmm. How do we do it from maybe not even being with their children that many hours to I have them with me <laughs> yeah. from time of me waking up all the way to time of me going to sleep and then having to do it all over again the following day. Mm -hmm. So at that point, it was more, I believe it was more about finding that control and that balance of how do I balance work and family all at the same time? Yeah, I couldn't have done it at all. Not you at know, all. it was it was fun. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of parents, it's okay, guys. You can breathe. Ready? Take a deep breath in and out. Uh -huh. Yeah, the clinical came out in me. But as parents, it takes us a while to be able to adjust to all of this and be able to balance all of our responsibilities and our expectations mm -hmm. all at once. How can I be a great parent, but then at the same time still be a great employee? Mm -hmm. You know? So yeah, and engage your kiddos and have still family fun. And just FYI, um, my husband, daughter, and I have an ongoing Monopoly game that has literally lasted the whole pandemic. Wow. So there you have it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not really. But <laughs> if I was you like, we saved a space for it. <laughs> <laughs> Hours of fun. Monopoly. <laughs> right. When was the last time you played Monopoly? Oh, my God. Honestly. Last Christmas. No, annu annual okay. Christmas fight is Monopoly. In there we go. Household, in the Drake house. <laughs> yes. You know, and not only that, I know that we're like referencing parents, but our kiddos too. You know, how difficult was it for our kiddos not to adjust? 
being at home and not having those relationships anymore, not having that other small individual to be interacting with them, to be running with them, to be just doing those fun activities. I know as a parent, we try to engage and we try to be there for them, but it's not the same. It's just like with us. We love to have our adult talk. Same thing for them. You know, it was so difficult for them to adjust to where's my kid time? You know, when do I fun as well? If they don't have siblings, you know, Mm -hmm. or if their siblings are very far apart in age, it, it gets difficult, you know? So we've been through a lot and I think we're moving forward and, you know, we're trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. So then let's kind of get into the changes that, you know, are happening. Of course, peak behavioral is in New Mexico, but we all know that Governor Abbott in Texas basically opened up Texas and a lot of um, people who work in New Mexico live in Texas. And and so, you know, the environment socially and even with mask, no mask, restaurants, no restaurants, everything is just ever changing. And every day it seems like, okay, well, here's this new mandate. No, it's taken away. No, now here's this. This is what we need to do. No, let's not do that anymore. I mean, it's just so tumultuous and, you know, hard to keep up with what, what am I supposed to be doing? So Jeanette, let's kind of talk about um, what we should expect as the new norm. Obviously not speaking politically, socially or anything right, right, like right. that, but from from a work balance um, perspective, from a home balance perspective, from a self balance perspective, how do we kind of keep everything in line and keep our lives together as best as we can with all these changes going on from a day-to-day basis. Ooh, you're giving me no question at all. Look at you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that had a lot of power to it. Let's break it up. Yeah. yeah. Let's go through work balance first. Okay. Um, and I will tell you when I made the transition uh, from my previous employer to now peak, um, great, amazing team. You know, by the way, when I walked in, it was like just amazing to see that support that everybody had, you know, and you could tell the difference, you know, from working from home to working in person. I mean, it was just amazing to see. And honestly, I think that's where my body just like, I'm home. (laughs) And it was all me too, right? I mean, of course, you're just referencing. Yeah, Yeah. we have to be fair to our peers, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a wonderful team. We do have a wonderful team. Um, But it was amazing just to see that, that support and that teamwork to try to keep everybody safe. But at the same time, it was very fun to see from a clinical standpoint how different it can be when it comes to, you explained a little bit earlier about how you're an introvert, Mm -hmm. how at work you kind of turn on that switch and you have to put in like your skills of being an extrovert, right? But what happens to those, our peers that really are introverts and have maybe a, job description that continues with those skills, how do those people start connecting back again when it comes to communicating and having those relationships and, you know, just kind of everything coming back together? I can tell you I was very happy knowing that I could wake up and I was doing my hair and I was doing my makeup, tried very much not to work in slippers, pajama Uh pants. I was going to say, how many times did you come to work and you were like, oh no, I'm still wearing my pajama pants. (laughs) 
did we take a picture of that? No, I'm no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for use later. Yeah, 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 later, later. <laughs> Good thing you guys can't see that one. Um, kidding, but it just even that. You know, how much does that not boost our self esteem and our morale at that point? Coming in and being able to walk on heels again. I know you guys can do it at home, but. You know, we're it's not as fun. Yeah, of course. You know, your feet don't get tired at the end where you're like, ugh, finally, you know? Um, so just, I think, knowing that communication, it's okay. It's okay to feel weird. It's okay to feel like, uh, I'm just going to stay in my safe zone and I'm going to lock myself in my office just for a couple of minutes because I just need time to myself. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not expected to just, uh, like come out and be an open door for everybody, you know. Um, so that's like our work family. I know in the beginning it was really confusing. I can tell you um, for my brain as well, you know, going from seeing people through Zoom <laughs> and then all of a sudden seeing them in person, you know, it's just so different. And I st- still think that we have those experiences now, right, where we talk with so many people like outside resources, you know, being able to connect our patients with those outside resources and those referrals, we talk to them through Zoom to be able to connect this way. And then when we actually see them in person, now that we're having a little bit more in-person meetings, maybe, you know, as we slowly transition into this, how many times has it not been where it's like, oh, you get to re-meet that person again, mm-hmm. you know, through oh, you're Zoom. You're tall. <laughs> I thought I you were four You look so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, how many times? I know you and I have. Well, we're, we're gigantic. Yeah, it's, it's we are. We're giants. Amazonian women here. And now walking together. Oh, yes. Oh, you know, nice. our, our fabulous peer, Miss Dina, I know causes the Twin Towers, but it's because. We're just like, you know, I don't know if people, I don't know if I look tall in Zoom, you know, but it's so funny if people think, think I'm like four feet not. tall and I'm coming in and it's like, hello, I'm Jeanette. I look tall in Zoom. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. <laughs> but, I, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a giant, so, you know. That's all I see. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's having to have that shock as well, like, Oh, you know, how many times have we said, oh, you're Kristen Drake? And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. hello. You know, you- magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. It sounds like I'm really full of myself, but I'm actually not. <laughs> she has a very great self-esteem. I love Aww. it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's true. We don't have the filter anymore. I can tell you my filter oh. is always on on Zoom. <laughs> always. Always. Who wouldn't put their filter on in Zoom? Right. It's like taking pictures without going through Snapchat. You just don't. <laughs> Natural makeup. <laughs> right. Who does that? Who has time for makeup now? Nobody. We have a filter. Nobody. To <laughs> get us into that. But mm-hmm. that's your work. Now, what about home? I mean, even let's transition into the home balance, you know, daycares. I mean, a lot of us that are having to go back into work, even daycares nowadays are still not open to its full capacity. There's limited when it comes to that. So I think coming... As a director, you know what I mean? It's understanding that you need to stay flexible as well with our staff. I mean, how many times have we not had to make exceptions here and exceptions there? That way we are able to balance it together, Mm -hmm. you know, because this is a team effort. It's not just a one person yeah. yeah, I mean, we're we're all in it together. And if we don't support each other that way, then then we would not make a good team. And, you know, 
teamwork and building a strong, cohesive team that's built and based on trust is going to help us to be able to provide better service to our patients. And I mean, that's really the number one reason why we're here. Right. You know, we have to support our employees so that we can better support our patients and clients. Amen to that. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I think just being aware that with the home balance, you know, not only are we having to adjust, just remembering, please don't forget my little ones out there, my kiddos out there, they're having to adjust too. You know, how many of them now have been doing remote learning for over a year now? And just now, like you said, in Texas, they opened up a couple of weeks ago here in New Mexico. They just opened up this week Mm -hmm. when it came to having the kiddos and allowing them to come back into school, you know, and they're actually doing it in person now. How many months do we have left of school? Like two months left and we're barely doing that transition back. So just making sure that you guys, I think as parents out there, just making sure that we're checking in with them. You know what I mean? Um, Making sure that they are doing okay. Making sure that if it's okay that, hey, you know what? If they made a decision in the beginning to say, hey, you know what, mom, I do want to go back to school. And a week later, they tell you, I'm feeling a little iffy about it. I'm just not quite sure. Listen. You know what I mean? Listen, does it take a while to transition back like we mentioned? Yeah, of course, definitely, you know, but just listening to them and maybe really being there for them and having that connection, you know, you could, let's take it back, you know what I mean, to when this pandemic started and through those family activities, being able to really listen to what they're telling us or maybe the way that they're behaving. You know, if you notice a change in behavior, Keep an eye out for that. I mean, those are those red flags that I think as parents, we just need to constantly be observing so that we were able to get them. If they need the help, we're able to get them that help that they need. So yeah, just check in. Yeah, there you go. How are you Um, doing? How are you feeling about this transition? mm -hmm. You know, how are your fellow students, your friends, how are they all doing with this transition? And even, you know, for the older kiddos, I think going through like a problem solving process with these kids and, and returning back, you know, I mean, and obviously they're going to be frustrated. I mean, right. I would be frustrated. And, and what, what behaviors come with frustration? Maybe increased irritability. They're resistant towards rules. There's very poor boundaries, you know, talking back yeah. <laughs> comes right with the territory, right. depending on their ages. But Maybe the talking back does increase, you know, like what's going on there? You know, I think those are those cues that as a parent, we just need to be aware. Also being aware that you're dealing with your own stuff Mm -hmm. as well. So it's really I think it could be really easy to just maybe not to not catch. It can be very difficult sometimes to not be able to catch on to where maybe they are feeling more frustrated or more angry before that behavior follows, you know? Um, So I think, you know, just kind of taking it into it. And I'm going to kind of ease in into just, you know, that emotional control, you know, knowing that if your child tells you, I'm feeling angry right now, accept it. Yeah. You know, angry is, I think we've gotten to the point where we feel like anger is a negative emotion and it's really not. No. It's an emotion. It's an emotion. Yeah. It's neither positive or negative. It It is an emotion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can it last seconds? Most definitely. Can it last hours? 
Of course, you know, but I think it's just being able before before the behavior continues, let's just talk about anger. You know what I mean? Anger can lead us to behaving in different ways that maybe we just don't want to behave or an impulsive way. You know what I mean? We can be impulsive towards maybe yelling at others, becoming verbally aggressive, or even becoming physically aggressive towards others or starting to destroy property. So maybe even before the behavior kicks in, just saying, you're feeling angry. You know what? Come to their level. I was feeling angry yesterday. Mm. Tell me. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. Good phrase. Tell me more. Well, and then share each other's experiences. Yes. What was it today that made you angry? And then I'll share with you what made me angry. Yes. So they understand that it's, again, normal. It's (laughs) part of normalcy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I think it's more sharing of that emotion and understanding that Emotions is what makes us be human. Yeah. It reminds us that we are human. Yes. We're not robots. This is going to be a hard transition and and understanding that all of the changes that we're going through are to be expected and not, I mean, we, we really have to be careful and not jumping to judgment. Yes. When somebody else verbalizes something to you out of frustration because of a change or whatever. Because again, and I think you mentioned this earlier, we don't know the changes that our cohorts or even our friends or our children even sometimes are experiencing on their own. And so, you know, you mentioned something a little earlier, and I think this is going to be a perfect segue into our next topic and what to expect as the new norm. Um, you know, when, when we're working with our kiddos and they get angrier, they get mad. And letting them know that that's okay because I experience those things too. So I think as parents, as leaders, as um, providers of mental health services for our patients, it's important to also keep a pulse on where we are from a mental health perspective. Yes. So getting into caring for this. Oh, I know now <laughs> one of the biggest light bulb. light bulb. So going back to, you know, my difficult transitions was the the gym closures. Yes. yes. And, you know, I, I know you guys can't obviously see me, but I'm built like a football player. Um, she really is. <laughs> my husband calls me his little linebacker. But um, so working out is is how I keep my mental health stable. If I had a bad day at work, or even if I had an argument with my lovely, wonderful husband, who I love very much, and we've been married for 22 years, um, <laughs> but we still argue, obviously, of then course. I know that I can go to the gym and I can just work it out. Um, so when these close, and, and I had just sustained a, an ACL tear and I had just had surgery, and so it was, it was even more difficult to work out at the gym, but then when they closed completely, I was like, how in the world am I going to adjust to working out at home? And so it had a huge impact on me and my self-care and maintaining my mental health. So let's kind of talk about that and how we can keep a pulse on our own mental health and what we can do to make sure that that our mental health is healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Right way to say it. I don't know that that it's good. Right. I think you're right. We had to adjust. I mean, for those, I mean... 
that we love to go and get massages and we love to go do our nails. I mean, all of that change. We had no, no out at that point. We needed to stay in to be able to stay safe. So how was that replaced? And now knowing that we need to adjust to normalcy, <laughs> what we consider normalcy right now. Um, and now you can go get your nails done, but gotta wear your mask Mm -hmm. you still see the shield i can tell you in my nail salon i still have the shield separating me from um the person that is working on my nails i have to wear my mask he's wearing his mask i mean everything all the precautions are still there but knowing that we're slowly transitioning into being able to do we used to do it is kind of exciting it is even though even though the the constant change is just like and, and it is frustrating at times it's also very exciting, you know, because we can go back to the massage parlors right. with limitations. We can go back and get, ugh, you should have, you should have seen my nails. <laughs> when the nail salons, it, it was a disaster. Um, nobody should have seen that. But in going to the gym, and I mean, even now, you know, I'm, I'm a certified spin instructor. Jeanette knows that because... I whoop her. She does. (laughs) Every Tuesday and Thursday. But, um, you know, it's interesting because there are participants in my class and it's very high intense cardio. Right. And they're still wearing their masks. Yes. You know, I I don't know how they do it, but whatever makes people feel comfortable. Right. I think that's what they should do. And you and I working in the healthcare industry at Peak Behavioral, um, I think it's still important, even though, you know, we're we reside in Texas. Abbott's kind of opened things up, I think, for the protection of our other staff and, of course, our patients. We still need to make sure that we are keeping ourselves safe. But it is nice to be able to to get back out there and, and start taking care of the self. It's nice to know that doors are opening, you know? I just... And I know, you know, just the podcast, us doing this and the topic of our discussion, you know, normalcy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you guys say will that start one saying more that. Time, I'm going to kick you out of this recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> just, just watch our listeners are going to start using it as well. Um, but, you know, ret- <laughs> but returning to that normalcy, it's just don't be so harsh on yourselves. You know, I really, please don't be so harsh on ourselves and don't be harsh on others. Mm-hmm. We don't know what others have gone through. You know, I think we all had our own personal experience in the pandemic. There were some things that we gained. um, And not all times is gaining a positive thing. You know, we could have gained stress. We could have gained sadness. We could have gained just so much, you know what I mean? But then at the same time, knowing that a lot of us lost. There was a lot of loss. There was family members or friends that unfortunately, you know, did not make it through. And we had to just even adjust to the services that came afterwards. I mean, I, I mean, we could go on and on and on, right. Mm -hmm. Of how much we actually did lose through this pandemic, but it's nice to know. I can tell you, it's just a relief. That first time that I took the vaccine, I know it was really scary because I was one of the first badges <laughs> that pulled through. Um, I just needed, you know, but I can tell you that peace of mind that just came to me, knowing that I was protected and I could protect my family, knowing that I had to, I'm working right now for a peak and knowing that I had to be in person to be able to be there for our patients and for our staff. It was just very comforting. Now, 
knowing that we have the gyms open, like you said, thank you for those spin classes, but they're just amazing. You know, it's just, I can tell you, even though I just attend those spin classes two times per week and I do my running on the weekends, it's just, it's made so much of a difference. I mean, amazing difference because you know you cannot get those endorphins um, through medicine, which you can, but you know, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just being able to do it the natural way, knowing that I, you know, do it for my own mental health. Like you said, you know, how you use the gym for your mental health and just knowing that it's back Absolutely. little by little. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'll even share one of our truly dear peers that we work with was just telling me a couple of weeks ago that he had just he barely had the first hug with his mom. Like a couple of weeks ago, you know, and it was because why he works, of course, with us in person. He has the patients there. So his mom is of age. So at that point, he needed to keep everybody safe. They were just doing Zoom meetings a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's just mind blowing. When was the last time that you actually got that big squeeze of a hug? You know, I just... I don't know how many times I sent over a GIF just so you guys can look it up. But there's like Woody and Jesse from Toy Story. And Jesse's like hugging them and putting them up and down. I just, I saw it and it was a hit. You know, like, I don't even, other than my husband, you know, hugging yeah. me that way. But when was the last time that you and I are huggers? So you know, big huggers. <laughs> it's been so hard. And you know, I, I typically force myself on people <laughs> with hugs. <laughs> I should probably stop that. But um, So it's been very difficult because, you know, we care about people so much, especially working in the mental health field um, for as long as we have. And so, yeah, that physical contact, ugh, it's so important. And, and just kind of going in and being like, okay, elbow bump. Right. You know, it's it, it was a huge change. So I'm hoping that, um, that hugging's come back soon. I think it, the door is sli- like, yeah, open. little by little, it's, it's getting like there. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were talking about the handshakes. And when can we return to like normal handshakes? If right. anybody's watched Demolition Man, <laughs> I, I really tried desperately to bring back like the Demolition Man wave, which is where you kind of put your hands together, but you don't touch because there's no touching. And you just wave it around in a circle. It's so awkward. The Indian tra- high. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hi. I tried to bring it back so, so hard. It just, it didn't happen. Right. How Thank many goodness. times, come on, let's be serious with each other. But how many times did you probably not research what a proper handshake should feel like? How much strength do I put in to make that first impression? And now handshakes are not even... I know. Practiced. Yeah. Like... It is weird. It's super right? weird. So... You know, I do want to transition into kind of giving parents maybe just and just this last part, because we have touched on it a little bit, but giving parents um, maybe some advice or guidance, just some snippets um, in how to uh, maintain a strong mental health for their kiddos. You know, again, I know we've talk, talked about a lot of things, but I really want to focus on the communication piece. Okay. How much do we tell them? How much do we not? You know? Yeah. I think we need to be very, just very straightforward with them. I mean, they, they know what's going on. And let me give you an example. Um, with our PHP program in our adolescence, we currently right now, our program, depending on how comfortable you feel, you know, 
parents do have the option of having the kiddos through telehealth and doing therapy through there or having them in person. You know, just the difference between both of them. I think our kiddos through telehealth even see that social connection and those social cues with the in-person when we do put them together. And it's just one of those where... Do I wish I want to be there? Do I not want to be there? Do I really want to go back to socializing? Do I not want to go back to socializing? So I think as a parent, it's just we need to let them know it's going to feel weird. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, it's just... It's weird. What more can you say? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) One word to sum it up. Weird. Weird. (laughs) I mean, we have to, and we just have to accept that, you know? Um, Letting them know once... Even just conversation starters, like cues. We were doing a group on that last time, conversation starters. And I can tell you our kiddos that were through telehealth had struggled a little bit more than our kiddos that we have in person. Hmm. Reason, okay, our body language. Remember, our body language can speak a million words without not word coming out. So even though our kiddos that are going to the clinic, you know, were maybe verbally not saying something, just their body alone, you know, was letting that other person know, I'm here with you. Right. I'm connecting with you, yeah. you know? So I think just as parents, um, being able to accept weird, yeah, we're just going to call it that yeah. because there's really no word Embrace to be it. able to put that right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and personal space, you know, mm-hmm. I think we're... That sounds very contradictory. So explain that a little bit to me. Yes, definitely. Um, When we first started the pandemic, what was our immediate, we already mentioned it, getting creative when it came to family activities, being all the time, right? Because we needed to feel like we were connected. We were feeling safe. Um, The loss of relationships at that point, the loss of communication with the outside world was there. So we needed to keep it within our own family, right? Um, But I think now being said what we have just said of what we're experiencing and what we're adjusting at the same time, I think we need our personal space to be able to accept maybe that emotion of anger that we were talking about previously. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just being able to learn to cope with it ourselves because guess what? Our kiddos are going to go end up, they will, Okay, they will end up going back to school, Mm -hmm. even if it's next semester, you know, but they will end up going back to school and they have to learn to just learn how to what we call Mm self-regulate their own emotions because they're not going to have mom and dad there. You know what I mean? So I think as a parent, just staying a little proactive and giving them that space. Maybe a little at a time? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could even start off with just them being alone in their room, you know, Um, maybe giving them their privacy when it comes to, you know, them chatting with their friends or, and I know it can be a little difficult at times because, you know, what if they do get, you know, inappropriate or they start talking all of this, but think about it, parents, you actually have them in your home, Versus when they're at school, we hope and pray that they're going to make good choices. (laughs) (laughs) They're not in our eyesight. They're not visually, we're not visually seeing them there, right? Mm -hmm. So in some sense, you still, as a parent, have some sort of control for what they see, for who they talk to, for what they listen to. Um, But I think they really, truly 
just need that space. I think as a parent, you even need your space. You know, just being presently there 100% all the time can be very exhausting. 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 I mean, a five-minute break in the restroom without... <laughs> Mama. Mom. Mom. Mama. Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, well, what am I doing here? Not right. And yeah. five minutes can be gold yeah. to some mamas out there, Absolutely. to some dads out there. I mean, it's just me, my, me, myself, and I time, yeah. you know, just to be able to do that. So how much do we not truly appreciate just that personal time to just regroup mm-hmm. and then come back again? Yeah. So you you're know. right. So if we as adults appreciate private time, alone time, why would we not expect our kiddos to also need that private time and space and, you know, whatever. So that, that definitely makes sense to me. Right. Um, so, you know, in closing, I really do, I hope that our listeners out there do find, you know, some of the tips and some of the things that we talked about that are currently going on and everything that we're experiencing. I hope that you guys find at least a little bit of it helpful. I found it very helpful listening to you, even though my child is grown, but for myself, you know. So, I mean, really returning to some sense of normality. Normalcy? <laughs> Do we have a definition? You know, at this point. Right. What is, what is socially accepted as normal in the definition i think i don't know it's been a long time since i looked it up which is ridiculous but um anyway so is it possible to return to a state of normality i think it is i think it is agreed absolutely i definitely think it's doable um it's gonna take time it's gonna take patience and we all can do this we can all return to some sense of, you know what, stability. We're there we go. We're rid of the weirdness and we're going to replace it with stability because that's what that's what's going to happen. But I think in order to do it, we're going to do it together as a community. Yes. I really do. I think so too as well. Absolutely. And understanding as well, I think I'm going to put that one in there. Understanding you started off the podcast like that, you know, what is my normal the same as your normal? And it's not. Mm-hmm. So we need to also understand that. And just very simple as the difference right now between, you know, some people out there that are still working from home versus the people that have returned mm-hmm. to work. You know, the, that normality. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> She's a normality team. I am the normalcy team. But that normality, you know what I mean, is so very different. And it's going to look different. And mm-hmm. it's going to be just seem different. Same thing with the kiddos, you know, those that are still doing remote learning versus the ones that have returned back. You know, those that did return back, they're returning back with the desk with shields. Yeah. yeah. There's like shields. There's markers on the floor, like with tape where it's like, this is your bubble. I mean, the bubble is being marked. So to them, just get in their shoes, depending developmentally where they are how old they are Mm -hmm. how does it feel to be in a bubble Mm -hmm. because that's technically kind of what it is there's like a shield you're there but you're still separate right you're connecting but you're still so disconnected right that is a little confusing right you know i i mean we're all going to adapt and change 
And we're doing all of this together. And, yes. And like you said, everybody's adaptation and process of change looks very different. But that we are all going through it um, is very reassuring. And, you know, for all of those who have stuck with us the whole, this whole time, <laughs> hopefully we still have a few listeners out there, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, we have actually seen uh, um, an increase in individuals who are struggling from a mental health perspective. So, you know, I really want everybody out there to remember that if you or a loved one, family member, friend, what have you, um, patient, client, whatever it may be, finds yourself or them unable to manage the day-to-day activities due to any kind of disruption in your mental health. Um, Peak Behavioral Health really is here to help you get back on track. Um, Our main hospital is located at 5065 McNutt Road. That is in Santa Teresa, New Mexico, right down Country Club. Um, And our zip code is 88008. Our hospital is open to everybody 24-7. And we do offer free mental health assessments. All of our assessments are provided by master's level mental health professionals that can help find the best level of care to meet your individual needs needs okay um so anybody you can call or come by whenever you're in need our phone number is area code 575-589-3000 you can call and schedule an assessment again or just walk in Um, and please don't forget to follow us on our facebook our linkedin and our instagram and also, this is going to be a monthly thing, and it's going to oh. be the Jeanette and Kristen show. I mean, after I today, think we're taking over, right? I, I'm yeah. going to guarantee that's what's <laughs> it, our CEO Sandy's going to be like. Yes, Kristen and Jeanette, every single no. She's going to be like, no, you guys are never doing that ever again. <laughs> Not approved for next month. Never again. She's probably going to listen to this and be like, no, delete, redo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, you know, we are going to have a monthly podcast on yes. all topics mental health related. And, you know, we'll have some of our psychiatrists doing podcasts, um, more of our mental health professionals that are, are very skilled in, in their fields and their areas. And so I encourage you guys to stay tuned, listen. And again, thanks for hanging in there with us. And Jeanette, thanks for all of your words of wisdom. And may I say, I really, really appreciate just working with you, my friend. I just, the laughter that we have, and I think that was something that we... We were going to mention as well, guys. Remember, the best medicine out there is you've got to laugh. It's okay to laugh. I think we forgot to laugh to the point where our stomachs were hurting. We were (laughs) were walking, crying, you know, mascara. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's so important, and, and we're so fortunate at Peak to have a CEO who also understands that. I know. I mean, she's... She's the instigator of she the is. laughing the majority of the time, which is so awesome. Never have I been in a work environment where laughter and fun is encouraged. Right. But, I mean, also, obviously get your work done. Right. You know, But you see the boss and it's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Right? No, none no. of that. Yeah, not at all with Sandy. You know, so yes. um, it, it really is. It's my pleasure in working with yeah. you. And we, we do have an awesome team at Peak Behavioral and just a great team of medical providers and Uh, mental health providers as well so again stay tuned for our may and continue laughing please (laughs) bye Bye. proudly produced by bravo mike communications and las cruces today.com